Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Happy Saturday, Rush Nation. Appreciate this podcast is late. I've actually recorded this already and a lot of the information was out of date and there were some audio issues which I was quite thankful for in some regards when I looked at all the news uh, blurbs that were coming out after uh, I recorded and actually would have just made sense to record again anyway because so much of it was updated with so many injuries that weren't expecting weren't really being reported on and have now been confirmed and uh, leaves things in a very different state of play. So I'm really happy to do this again. Very unusual for me to do any form of recording on a Saturday, but I uh, felt it was really important to get this out to you. So here we are. I'm going to whisk through all the games with all the updates uh, and everything you need. Um, it's going to be very hard to talk about the Pittsburgh and uh, Baltimore Ravens game. It's going to go ahead on Tuesday. Difficult to know what the state of play is. Um, so we'll try and do our best to get through that. But 13 games to get through, so let's get started. Las Vegas Raiders at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Vegas, it's pretty narrow this week. Uh, Derek Carr is a streamable option, but he will be a QB2, but he is a streamable option. Uh, Josh Jacobs will be in the RB1 conversation for sure. Um, definitely see him putting up top 12 RB numbers this week. And then you get to the wide receivers. Aguilar is the one that appeals to me the most, but I think he is at best a top 40 wide receiver place and no more than a flex play this week. But with all the injuries, that might mean he has to come in and play. 
and that's fine. He should put up, you know, that sort of wide receiver 40 sort of number is kind of an earmark range as to where he could fall. Um, Darren Waller will be a tight end one for sure. I think I've got him as my overall tight end two. Moving on to Atlanta, lots of uh, things going on here to try and unpack. Ryan, I think he's not really played brilliantly over the last few weeks. Uh, I've got him outside the top 12 quarterbacks this week and got him very near, similar to where Derek Carr is. So not expecting too much from him this week, but he is a startable option. Now, Todd Gurley is out. He will not play on Sunday, which means Brian Hill takes the reins. Um, and you'll probably see him split some time with um, Olison as well, Quadri Olison. So Brian Hill, I think I've got on the fringes of a, a running back three. Sort of that, that mid to low end RB3 is, is about where I think he will be this week. I'm still settling on where to put him in the rankings. So that's about where I've got him. I think um, we've seen a game without Todd Gurley this year and he didn't really dominate then. So something to consider there. Plus the game script, if they fall behind, are they going to really establish the run more? We see that Todd Gurley hasn't been great over the last few weeks. So don't hold out hopes that Brian Hill is the amazing miracle cure and will pull up Todd Gurley type numbers because I'm not so sure. Julio Jones is injured. He is questionable. He could play with that hamstring injury. I think Ridley is a wide receiver one regardless. If Jones does play, he'll be a wide receiver two, maybe in the mid to low end. Uh, if he doesn't, then Russell Gage becomes relevant and he'll be a, a mid-range wide receiver three. Um, if Jones does play, Gage probably isn't worth a start in this one. Hayden Hurst uh, has been disappointing as of late. I've got him outside of the top 50. Uh, I think I've got him hedging around about the top 15 tight end. So worth a, worth a pun for a touchdown, but he's not someone I'm really sort of banking on going forward. Charges at the Bills, um, quite a bit of wind in this one that could affect play a little bit. So just keep an eye on that. Uh, Herbert is definitely startable this week, although this is a, probably one of his more difficult matchups. But I still expect him with his talent to come through and, and put up uh, sort of low-end QB1 numbers. We're not sure if Eckler's going to play. There's a chance he plays. This mullies the backfield. I think if Eckler plays, he potentially has sort of mid to low-end RB2 uh, upside, if not Balazs will fall into a pretty similar range. But Balazs is also questionable. So it's a bit of a muddled backfield and you're going to have to really watch out the reports all the way up to um, five o'clock UK time tomorrow to make a decision on what you do with this backfield. But if Eckler plays, I think he has a, a mid-range RB2 with some upside. If Balazs plays, I think his ceiling is sort of that mid-range RB2. Keenan Allen's a must start every week. He's uh, in the wide receiver one conversation this week. Mike Williams, uh, I've got him in the wide receiver three conversation this week. He's had a couple of good games in a row, um, but there's something just to watch out for on him because he is a bit boomer bust. And you can start Derek, uh, Hunter Henry. He's a top seven, top eight uh, tight end option this week for sure. Moving on to Buffalo, you've got uh, Josh Allen. Of course, you're starting him every week, no matter what the schedule really says. Uh, in the QB1 conversation. The running back situation is a bit of a mess. Um, I like Moss over Singletree, but to be honest, they're both running back threes at absolute best. There's no ceiling to them. They won't score touchdowns. Um, might get a couple of carries out of the backfield and might get a couple of catches, but they're not they're not overly attractive options right now. Stefan Diggs is a wide receiver one. John Brown is out for this game. That makes Cole Beasley a wide receiver three option with wide receiver two upside if this becomes a shootout that it very well could be. Uh, don't worry about tight ends. Uh, Dawson Knox, they're not relevant in this one. We've got the Giants at Cincy, uh, scheduled to be rain. Um, so something, again, to keep an eye on. Daniel Jones, I've got him as my QB10 for the week. I think he's someone who 
uh, can really perform under the circumstances. I think he's going to get a lot of possessions. He's going to get a lot of the ball. So I really like him to to do quite well this week. Wayne Gorman, I expect him to be a running back two this week. Uh, I think he'll get nice solid volume, especially if they run the game script, stay ahead. He'll get a nice solid amount of volume um, to to keep him in that running back two conversation. Um, I really like Darius Slayton this week. I think he's a high-end wide receiver three with upside. Uh, he has these massive games that he can have that we've seen before. But I think he's a safe sort of top 30 play with upside um, to get into the wide receiver two or higher conversation. Sterling Shepard is the bottom end of the wide receiver three conversation. I think both those guys will do quite well uh, this week. And then Evan Ingram is just outside the top 12 tight ends for me. He's sort of hovering there, but... You know, this week could be a really good option. As for Bengals, there really isn't a lot to talk about here. So Brandon Allen's at quarterback. No, thank you. Don't want to play him. Giovanni Bernard has a concussion. He is expected to play on Sunday, which makes him potentially a a, a, a low-end running back too because the game script's going to go against them. They might use him a lot just to get some dump passes, etc. Um, but I don't expect him to really sort of light this one up. Um then you've got Samanji P. Ryan. I think he could get more work as well. I wouldn't start him this week unless you're in the deepest of deep leagues, but it's something to keep an eye on going forward. He's definitely probably worth a claim at some point in case they flip that backfield while Mixon's on IR. Tyler Boyd is a option here. So, but he's at best a wide receiver three option and I wouldn't be touching Higgins or AJ Green this week. Um, and they need to touch the tight ends here. The Bengals tight ends have not been relevant all season. Tennessee at Indianapolis. Tannehill, this is going to be an interesting start for him against the league's best defense. Um, so he's narrowed down QB2 for me this week. Derek Henry, you're always lighting him up. This is Derek Henry's season. Don't be surprised if he goes off again this week. Uh, AJ Brown is a wide receiver two for me this week. Um, and I'm not really comfortable on Corey Davis. I think he sees a lot of coverage. I think he's going to struggle this week, but he could be a flex consideration if desperate. And Jonu Smith, Jonu Smith is in the tight end one conversation for sure. Moving on to the Colts, Philip Rivers is a streamable start this week if if needed. I think this game, again, could have a lot of points in the shootout, so worth noting. I think Jonathan Taylor is a, a running back two. I think Hines is a high-end running back three with running back two upside. So I think both those guys are going to eat into each other, but they're both still put up enough volume here. Michael Pittman is in the wide receiver two, wide receiver three conversation for me. And again, I think he's starting to, he is now the alpha in this in this core and he's the one that you want to own. Zach Pascal is a flex play at best and I'm not touching T.Y. Hilton, but if you needed to, I guess he could go in the flex. Uh, Trey Burton, I think is a mid-range tight end too, but I think again, with the touchdown uh, ability that he has to catch them, I think for me, he has tight end one upside. Cleveland at Jacksonville. Uh, again, scheduled to rain here, but it is in Florida, so no cold or silly conditions to have to worry about here. Um, the Cleveland Browns is, is pretty narrow. I don't want to play Baker Mayfield. No touchdowns in three games. I think it changes this week, and I think it's a kind matchup. However, I still not a player that I really want to put in my lineups. Um, the only players I want to put in my lineups here are Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Chubb, I think, is going to have a top three running back week. I think uh, Kareem Hunt could enter the running back one conversation as well, and they just pound the rock down Jacksonville's throat. And Landry could be a flex player at absolute best. Outside of that, I don't really want anybody else on this roster. Austin Hooper, if you're searching for a tight end, maybe um, to get into the end zone for a touchdown for this week. 
could be an option. Jacksonville don't cover tight ends too well. Makes sense. But your touchdown mining is is kind of the, the best way to look at it. And then Jacksonville. Um, they, let's get this one done really quickly. Mike Glennon under the center. No, thank you. James Robinson is still going to be an RB1. He's going to see almost all of the offense, really, because there's no Chark. Uh, there's no Conley either. They are out at wide receiver. Chenault is banged up. So Keelan Cole goes into the top 36 wide receiver options. Purely, and he's probably the only guy fit on that roster who can do it. Um, so really, I'd be expecting the only players I want to start here, James Robinson, Keelan Cole. If Chenault goes, maybe as a flex option, but he is banged up and injured. Carolina at Minnesota here. This one's in a dome. No need to worry about the weather. Teddy Bridgewater is startable this week. It's not a bad matchup, but, uh, you know, I would err on the side of caution that he does have an MCL sprain injury to get over. Mike Davis is an RB1 uh, this week, but a low-end one. Um, because, again, I think the game script could potentially go against them. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson are both wide receiver twos this week. They're both options that you can use to to f- plug in and play some gaps. So they are definitely startable. On the other side of things for Minnesota. For Minnesota, um, Kirk Cousins is a streamable, startable option, but there are much better options out there. So just be a bit careful. But if you're desperate, if you've seen injury to Burrow, who's the only guy there, makes sense um, to start him. He's not going to tank you this week, that's for sure. Um, Dalvin Cook, easily in, in the RB1 conversation, he's just going to run over them. Um, it doesn't look like Adam Phelan is going to play due to um, COVID restrictions. So it looks like Justin Jefferson will be a wide receiver two this week. He's not any higher than that for me because of the fact that he's going to be easy to cover. I wouldn't be worried about Chad Beebe or Obelisi Johnson. I think they are going to be out there, but they're not going to garner enough targets. And Carl Rudolph is an interesting tight end option this week. Irv Smith looks like he's going to be out if he's not already declared out. I bet he will be at some point today. Um, so Carl Rudolph for me um, becomes a potential tight end dart throw off the wave wire. Arizona at New England. We've got here Kyler Murray must start um, every week. You must start Kyler Murray. You've got Drake and Edmonds. They're going to split time. I lean slightly more towards Drake given what he did on his first game back, but maybe it's 60-40. They're both in the running back two conversation for me this week. DeAndre Hopkins is in the wide receiver one conversation this week. Christian Kirk is in the wide receiver three option this week. I think he can be schemed out of the game um, completely. Don't worry about either tight end in this game. Cam Newton is at my QB 12 for the week. I think he's someone with that rushing floor. Now he's throwing the ball a bit more. It's a bit more interesting. Uh, James White and Damian Harris are running back threes, although I think Damian Harris has potential running back two upside if they get ahead in the game just to pound the rock. I really like it. I'm contrarian on this from expert consensus. Damari Bird this week. I think Damari Bird holds wide receiver three upside, although I've got him in the wide receiver four conversation. And I think Jacoby Myers is a wide receiver four. So both flex options. I would lean Bird over Myers just due to the fact that I think Myers is going to get the coverage from Pat Peterson. I think he can be taken out of the game. Whereas I think Bird is a little bit more dynamic. He's, he plays a, a few different roles um, and he'll find ways to get open. I think he's the better route runner of the two. Moving on to Miami at uh, the Jets. Tua is a startable option this week against who he's facing, but I'm probably, but he is also questionable when he might not go, which means if he doesn't go, then Ryan Fitzpatrick automatically elevates into a top 12 option this week. So that's one to keep an eye on. And if I was in need of a quarterback, I'd be claiming Ryan Fitzpatrick off of uh, free agency today. 
um, in the hopes that he plays this week and helps me get the, the win I need to get into the playoffs. Looks like Miles Gaskin is going to go, um, but they are non-committal. So um, our, Ahmed is out, which means if Gaskin goes, he becomes sort of a, a, a running back two, running back three, probably a running back two this week, given the matchup. If not, Breeder will probably be a running back three because he'll probably share the time with Patrick Laird. Um, so not something to be overly concerned about there unless you've got Miles Gaskin. Uh, I think Devontae Parker has a wide receiver two week. Jakeem Grant is someone who could potentially come out of the flames, but he's no more on the flex option. I think I've got him just outside the top 50 wide receivers right now. If Ryan Fitzpatrick plays, Kasiki is a must start because I think they're going to really connect up. They have a great relationship together. Um, but if Tua plays, then I'm not starting Mike Kasiki. Really is quarterback dependent. Looks like Darnold is going to get the start for the Jets which means it's good news for Frank Gore. And Frank Gore should be a running back two, running back three this week. And it's good news for Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder's in the wide receiver two conversation. What this does mean is it's bad news for Brishar Perriman and bad news for Denzel Mims. I think they're both arrow downs and I think they're both wide receiver four options who are desperation flex plays. And it's also bad news for Chris Herndon because they've never got on the same page. New Orleans at Denver. Taysom Hill at quarterback is a top 12 option this week uh, just due to his rushing ability. And Alvin Kamara is a running back one this week. Michael Thomas will be a low-end wide receiver one this week, but I'm not starting Sanders or Smith unless absolutely desperate. Tavius Murray could be a running back three option uh, due to the amount of injuries, but don't expect a high ceiling from him. And I think Jared Cook, if Taysom Hill throws the ball a bit more than he did on Sunday, um, I think this is someone who can find the end zone this week. Um, so I've got him on the fringes of the, the tight end one conversation, but just outside of it. As for Denver, the only player I want to start this week is Noah Fant. I think he's a tight end one this week. Uh, Jerry Judy, I think, is at best a wide receiver three, but you can definitely start him. I'm going to try and avoid starting Melvin Gordon, Phil Lindsay at all costs, but appreciate that that's not always easy, especially with more and more running backs getting injured. They're both, uh, Melvin Gordon's a running back three this week. Philip Lindsay, lower than that. San Francisco 49ers at the Rams. The only 49er I want to play, um, because we're still a bit unsure on the status of Raheem Mostert, he is questionable for this week and he's still got the IR tag. So information to come out later today on him. Uh, Jarrett McKinnon wouldn't be a start unless you're desperate otherwise. Um, Debo Samuel was the only Debo Samuel and, and Jordan Reed are the only two players I want to play. Debo Samuel has a wide receiver two upside, but more of a wide receiver three. And Jordan Reed can enter the tight end one conversation just due to the volume and the amount of injuries the 49ers have. But the Rams is slightly easier. I'm not playing the backfield against this 49ers defense against the run. They will stuff the run. Um, and it's a committee. So they're all going to monopolize each other's volume so I don't like any of the running backs here unless desperate I would play Henderson as he will probably be the lead but as we saw Monday Night Football then they're not going to get enough volume Jared Goff is a quarterback two this week um, but I do think he can do quite well and I think Carp and Woods both share our wide receiver one upside this week and Josh Reynolds could also be fantasy relevant too but he is at best a flex play um, I'm not touching the Rams tight ends either in this one Kansas City at the Bucks. This one's easy for the the Chiefs. Um, Mahomes is a 
QB1. Edwards is a running back two due to facing one of the league's best run defenses. Lev Bell's a non-starter. Tyreek Hill is a wide receiver one. Sammy Watkins returns wide receiver three, wide receiver two upside, but could also be an absolute ghost. So not starting him unless needed. And Travis Kelsey's a tight end one. Brady has low end quarterback one numbers this week. Uh, Ronald Jones as a uh, running back two, as is Leonard Fournette, both at the lower end of that. I've got uh, Jones just inside the top 20, Fournette just outside the top 20 running backs as it stands right now. Godwin, I think, will get the, uh, the right amount of volume with the, the right amount of yards to be the best wide receiver of the three here. He's going to be a wide receiver two. Mike Evans is going to be a wide receiver three, but he has wide receiver one upside. If they keep seeing the red zone, he will get the volume there, but he's not going to get too much between the 20s. That work will go to Antonio Brown, who has wide receiver four with wide receiver three upside, especially in PPR, because he'll get peppered with a lot of targets. You can see him getting seven, eight catches. So he does have wide receiver three upside, but he's not going to pull off the big, big yardages unless he pulls a big yards after the catch play. So... Godwin, running back, uh, wide receiver two. Evans, wide receiver three. Antonio Brown, low range, uh, wide receiver three. Chicago at uh, Green Bay. Trubitsky is going to be under center, it looks like, this week. Not startable for me. The only uh, Bears I want to start this week, David Montgomery, who's going to be a running back two. Alan Robinson, wide receiver one. Jimmy Graham, who's going to be... Uh, a tight end, dependent, touchdown dependent tight end, but not one of desperate to start, but I get the logic of starting him. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers would be a QB1. Aaron Jones would be a QB1. Jamal Williams would be a, um, a running back three. So Aaron Jones running back one. Jamal Williams running back three, but he will have upside, especially if they're quite a bit ahead in this game and they decide to go with a change of pace. And then you've got Devontae Adams, wide receiver one. And then Robert Tony and I've got on the fringes of the tight end one conversation. As for Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS is questionable. So not sure if he's going to go. So I would lean more on Lazard in this game, but don't expect him to be massively relevant either. Monday night football is going to be Seattle at Philly. Um, Russell Wilson, QB1, starting him every week. It's trending towards Carson starting, but I've said that for a few weeks. He's still limited. If he starts, he's a running back too. If not, it'll be Hyde, and Hyde will be a running back too. So I hope you've got both there and just flip one out for the other. Metcalf, I have as my wide receiver one overall on the week. Tyler Lockett will also be a wide receiver one this week. And if you're looking for a tight end here in Seattle, although I don't know why, Jacob Hollister holds sneaky value to potentially get into the end zone this week against Philadelphia. Against the Eagles themselves, the Eagles have Wentz, who I'm not starting this week, despite the fact this is a great matchup. You know, 14 touchdowns and 14 interceptions in 10 games is not a guy I want to be overly starting. Miles Sanders holds uh, fringe RB1 aspirations this week. Uh, he'll be involved, but again, the game script will go against them, I think, for him to be truly outstanding. In terms of wide receivers, Travis Fulgram, I think, is a low-end wide receiver three. Jalen Rager is going to be a flex play at absolute best. With tight ends, it looks like Goddard could return, although they're still coy, um, and we'll get more information today. So Goddard is in the tight end one conversation. Ertz would probably leave because we don't know what state he's going to be in. But if he's there and you're desperate for a tight end, it's such a dart throw position right now. It makes sense to start him, so I wouldn't blame you. I'm actually going to leave Baltimore and uh, Pittsburgh off of this podcast. I'll do a separate one just for that um, because so much is still going to change about that game. 
as we find out who's actually going to be able to play and who isn't. So um, thanks for indulging me, Rush Nation. Hope that information was really, really useful for you. Um, But until next week, good luck on clinching week. Good luck on the second to last week of the regular season. And don't forget, keep rushing. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.